I'm a little bit under the weather, so in case I act or say something weird, forgive me. <clears throat> Some families have a, a peculiar custom on Thanksgiving. They set on each plate five kernels of dried corn. Then around the table on Thanksgiving Day, each family member relates five things they have been thankful for the year. The custom derives from an old legend about pilgrims. They were undertaking a dangerous pilgrimage from England to Virginia. In fact, it was so dangerous that they were asked to make out a last will. So it says that instead of reaching New England, the ship, the course was blown off and landing in New England, and they suffered harsh winter. By spring, nearly half of their number had perished. During the winter months, it was not unusual to have two or three deaths every day. It was also said during the worst of it, each person had only five kernels of dried corn each day to survive. And they were very grateful for those five kernels of corn. So this morning, as we begin this new liturgical year, a new church year, and the season of Advent, let us take out our kernels one at a time. So I'm going to explain to you these five kernels in a five different stories that you can relate. So the first kernel is Advent. Think of the Disney's Lion King. I'm sure many of you have seen this movie, Lion King. Number of uh, Lion King, one, two, three. So in one of those movies, Lion King, you have uh, the spirit of Mufasa appears in the sky and speaks to his prodigal son, Simba, who has been hiding in the deepest and darkest jungle, living in a life of self-centeredness and greed where only he, number one, counts. He has quite forgotten that he was born to be a king. The ghost of his father challenges his spiritual blindness. Mufasa says to his son, you have become less than you are. Advent is our first kernel. We look at it and say, thank you, God, for reminding us that you have come among us and how called us by name, how shared our humanity so that we may share our divinity, share your divinity. Yes, our dignity is that we are related. By taking our human condition on yourself, you have made us a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people set apart. So thank you for Advent, our new year, a new church year our second chance, so that calls us back to whom we are meant to be. So let us say, thank you, Lord, for calling us back.
The second colonel is a marvelous and genius storyteller, Garrison Kayla, in one of his Lake Wubigon tales, tells of a story of uh, his own family on Thanksgiving. <coughs> he says, family gathered around the table and remembered the blessing of the past year. Uncle John usually gave the prayer, which caused everyone to be fugitive. As Kayla said, everybody in the family knew that Uncle John could not pray without talking about the cross and crying. Sure enough, Uncle John prayed, talked about the cross and cried. Then Kayla adds these memorable words. All of us knew that Jesus died on the cross for us, but Uncle John has never gotten over it. And that story reminds us that we have been brought with a great price, greater love than this no one has than to lay down one's life for his friend, said Jesus. So let us say, thank you, Jesus, for dying for us. The third kernel is a horse, a story of a horse, most famous race horses ever was the Sibiscuit. I'm sure many of you know the Sibiscuit in stories and in movies. So Sibiscuit was a son of a champion, but originally he wasn't destined to be a to follow his dad. He was forced to run or forced to be a second banana, a shill, a goat, and a fool, and forced to run with better horses so that they could gain confidence by beating him. So when he raced, he did what he was trained to do, fail, lose. Because of this demeaning treatment, Sebiscuit eventually became an angry, uncontrollable horse, and no one wanted Sebiscuit. Until one day, a trainer considered to be off the form, a jockey, a jockey considered to be too big to ride, came along and they were willing to take him along with us and give Sebiscuit a second chance. The trainer had simply said, you don't throw a life away just because it has been banged up a little. By and by, Sebiscuit began to thrive with these people who believed in him. We have been sometimes treated poorly, badly, made to feel we could never measure up. We were called a loser. But we know there is someone who has never ever thrown away a banked up life. And so in the incarnation, he embraced others. God sent his only son into the world and he lived with us and saved us. For that, let us say on this first Sunday of Advent, thank you, Jesus. Fourth kernel, the bell ringers. A man tells uh, one of his experience in a story form. He says, just up the road from his house, he writes, in a field, two horses in it. Now from the distance, each horse looks same, nothing wrong with it. And if you come closer and have a very close-up look, you would find one horse is a blind horse. 
and the owner of the horse is a kind man. Instead of putting down the horse, he gave the horse a home. Now, if you stand there long enough and listen a while, you will hear sound of a bell. Looking around, you will see that it comes from a smaller horse in the field. Attached to the small horse halter is a small bell. The bell lets the blind friend know where the other horse is, so he can follow. If you continue to stand there long enough and watch these two friends, you will see that the horse with the bell always checking on the blind horse and that the blind horse will listen for the bell and then the blind horse will slowly walk to where the other horse is and nestle him, trusting that he will not lead him astray. Later on, when the horse with the bell returns to the barn each evening, you will notice that he stops occasionally and looks back, making sure that the blind friend is not too far behind to hear the bell, and then moves on till they're both safely back in the barn. <coughs> and the story leads us to give thanks for all the bell ringers in our lives. Parents who nurtured and supported us, good friends who stuck with us, teachers who believed in us, and anyone who pulled us through, inspired us, led us to be better, holier life. Thank you, friends, for the past and present. And thank you, Jesus, on this first Sunday of Advent. The fifth kernel is crosses. Towards the end of the movie, a little big man which uh, starred Dustin Hoffman. There is a scene in which an Indian named Old Lord Skins, sick and blind, knows he is dying and begins to pray to God. A prayer of thanksgiving. Oh Lord God, I thank you for having made me a humble being. I thank you for having given me life and eyes to see and enjoy your world. But most of all, I thank you for my sickness and my blindness because I have learned more from these than my health and from my sight. Life has uh, often been hurtful, painful, and mostly unfair. And many people have turned cheeks back they cheat their backs on God who seems to be indifferent, absent and silent. We can sympathize with that. But it is also true that for many persons, hardships, betrayal, sickness and loss have brought them to a new dimension, dragged them to be different, fuller life than they never imagined possible. So yes, thank you Lord, for the crosses that shaped us, made us humble, brought us to our knees, a good place to be. So there we are on the brink of a new church year with thanksgiving still fresh in our memories. We are giving different kind of thanks today. In fact, five kernels of thanks. So this first Sunday of Advent, and looking forward as we prepare for the Christmas, let us pray for reminding us who we are, for your loving us to the extremes of your life, for embracing our brokenness, 
for sending us bell ringers, for the crosses of concealed graces, for all these things, O oh Lord, we give you thanks. Amen.